What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the uh, Miami Comedy Podcast. Manny Garavito going live once again to say what's up. How are you, everybody? I know, I know. It's been a while since I've gone live. Yeah, four days. You guys can wait. It's not so bad. Uh, a lot of things have happened over the weekend. Did a beat show, did a military show, been doing a lot of writing, uh, been getting Miami Comedy, the website itself, to a whole new level. Just sent out an email this morning, sent a newsletter out announcing that we have a brand new Saturday night show at Focal Beer Brewery Cafe Company. <laughs> it's one of those, some of the words are in there. It's a Focal Brewing Company over in Little River. They have this amazing uh like area where people can like perform in they serve amazing craft beers and soon they're going to be doing comedy on a saturday what's up Corey? chasa bay welcome guys it's going to be live once again man it's been a minute it's been uh four days total so i want to thank everybody for tuning in thank you thank you so what has been new since I've been uh, absent during the podcast? Well, first things first, uh, the military show that I did was one of the best shows. It, it's like it was the highlight of my career. And a big shout out to Cisco, uh, Mario, Ray, and uh, I believe the name is uh, Fallen Heroes United for allowing me to be a part of that. Oh, it was awesome. Let me see who was there. Uh, it was me, Cisco, Danny Benevente, Mario Ramil, uh, El Caballo, and Luis Diaz. And uh, we were there performing uh, in front of these troops that were about to go to Afghanistan. Bro, can you believe how crazy it must be to entertain servicemen and women about to go across the globe to defend us? At first, I was worried. I was like, how am I going to entertain these people? What, what do I got to say? I mean, I, I can't just talk about airplane food and being short, right? I can't talk about dick pics, which is my to-go joke right so I, I wanted to i wanted to kind of uh how do i say uh relate <laughs> hey how can you relate i'm a comedian they're 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 combat specialists they're going out to see war they're going out to see action and so for me to go up and entertain them was just it was incredible to do i mean one thing I told myself, I told, I told myself the night before, I was like, I'm not going to do any of my canned material. I'm not. I'm going to write a brand new set for the military. Brand new. Okay, so I stayed up late last night. Uh, well, the night before, that is. And I was just writing jokes. And I was telling myself, all right, I'm, even if I bomb, I'm just going to go up and say some of these jokes with a good heart. With a good heart, because when you write new jokes, you, you've got nothing but a good heart because you're hoping for the best. <laughs> you got to write with your heart, right? So as I'm writing these jokes, uh, some great stuff started coming out. I started piecing together some, some awesome things. I mean, most of the people that were serving uh, before they were going to Afghanistan, they were Latino people. And uh, I, could relate to the, I could relate that much. But get this, man. Even though I recorded myself and I went out there and I did my set, uh, I was kind enough to post it online, right? And of course, lo and behold, what happens when you post it online? Oh, the critics come out. What's up, Jess? The critics come out and then they start telling you what's good and what's not. Now, for the most part, it was well received. 
People love the the footage I put out there. Some of the some of the jokes I wrote. People appreciated it. You know, they gave me a they're like, hey, great job, man. This is wholesome. This is great. But then you know what the worst part is, guys? Those people that don't interact with any of your content, but they stick their heads in to let you know they didn't appreciate something. Okay, first of all, uh, in 2021, one of the biggest social media functions everybody should practice is knowing how to use that block button. Use the block button and don't don't be sparing about it. Uh, don't be don't use it sparingly. Use it commonly. Like do that thing all the time as often as you can with anybody you want because I'm going to tell you guys right now that if you just block them, even if it's backhanded compliments, if you just block them, it's like a digital assassination. When you block somebody, okay? It's like you have them in your scope. And of course, I'm using a military reference here. When you block somebody, you're digitally assassinating them from afar. You get your scope on them. You see them giving you backhanded compliments and you just pull the trigger one time, bam, one and done. That's the great thing about blocking people. It's a one and done function, okay? You can never satisfy everybody on the internet. So you know what you do instead? Those that aren't appreciative of the hard work that you do, of that selfie you posted, okay? Even if people aren't in entertainment, even if you don't have to entertain people, all you got to do is get a brand new haircut, post a photo of it online. And then if a lot of people like it, that one person that doesn't interact with any of your shit is going to show up and be like, I think the bangs could have been longer. Block them. Don't even, don't hesitate. Just block them. They'll never see your shit again. You'll never see their shit again. It's a win-win. Dude, I've, I, I don't even read the comments to its fullest extent anymore. I just block and I got to admit, my life has been amazing ever since I started doing that. I just block people. I read the first two words. How come you block? <laughs> All they got to do is start the comment off wrong, and I just block them. It's gotten to the point where people got to let me know they're joking on the comments. <laughs> there was a guy There was a guy that said a, a joke in the comments. He goes, uh... He goes, and after you performed for the soldiers, uh, veteran, veteran suicide rates went up. Just kidding. I was like, you better, you better say just kidding. Because <laughs> if you didn't, if it, bro, if that guy didn't say just kidding after saying that comment, I would have blocked him. I, I, I wouldn't, it could be my, it could be a, a direct family member. It could be my brother. It could be my wife. Hell, it could be my kid. Dad. Veteran suicide rates went up after that set list. Block. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. <laughs> Dude, you know what it is about criticism? <laughs> Jess says facts. You know what it is about criticism, guys? People set, put you on a standard that they can't reach on their own. That's, what, that's one thing I've realized. Because when I really started thinking about when I started going live more often, I started putting content out there. Of course, you know, the critics start, they, you know, they come out. And one thing, and I've never had so much criticism in my life until recently, because I'm, I'm kind of getting, getting traction with my content. So being brand new to this at the tender age of 35, being brand new to the traction and the criticism coming at full speed, I'm realizing that what crit critics do is that they put you on a standard, but it's their own personal standard because they wish they could do it but they don't know how. So what do they do to compensate? They go to the ones that try. Oh, I didn't like that joke. 
I'm not going to name names, man, but even famous people were writing on the comment section. It was like, everything was funny except for that one. Ah, then you say the joke. I don't do that. So why are you here? Just give it a like and move on. I don't need your feedback. Even comedians were showing their fucking ugly heads in. Hey, man, great job getting that spot, but the joke was about that. Get out of here. Go back to your open mic. I'm telling you, man, and no matter what it is you do in life, if you try to achieve something, if you try to go for something, you better get ready for the people. All right. The people that just don't like it, man. It's incredible to think. All right. But go, I digress. You know what? Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back, shall we? Um, shout out to the army men and women that went over to Afghanistan a few days ago to serve our country, to bring us freedom, peace. And hell, man, I was kind of like busting their balls, man. When I first started, I was like telling them, I was like, hey, guys, look, I'll be honest with you, man. I know you guys are brave. I know you guys have courage. But the fact that you guys can't sit in the front row during a comedy show is, is incredible. Can you imagine that people are out there, you know, they're avoiding mortars. They're avoiding getting shot. They're putting themselves in the face of danger and death. And then they're like, well, I don't want to get roasted, though. <laughs> Can you believe that? People are out there, you know, they're, they're putting their lives in danger for the sake of America. And then while they're in American soil, they're like, well, I, I don't want to sit front row because I'm sensitive. <laughs> I don't want this guy to hit me where it hurts with his jokes. <laughs> oh, man. No, but there were such a great crowd, man. I was, hell, I think this was such a big highlight in my career that I don't think anyone can ever say that I'm not uh, a comedian at this point. I mean, granted, I wouldn't believe him in the first place, but still, I think like when you perform for troops, like something as honorable as performing for the U S military, it's just, it just takes your comedy career to a whole new level. Like you got something in your roster where you're just like, man, I made people that are heroes laugh. So like if I don't entertain uh, an open mic or comedian, I just got to remind myself. It's like, well, uh, I entertained 160 people that are going across the the globe to fight. So it's like, it's over. Like, that's it. One and done. Um, yeah, man, big highlight of my career. Uh, I felt like I couldn't relate to anything, man. Because when you, when you try to entertain people like that, you can really see how insignificant your life is, right? These guys are going out there, they're doing their thing. And then somebody like me that's only played Call of Duty, <laughs> what am I going to talk to them about? I'm talking to, about dick pics and fucking uh, airplane food. Hey, you guys play the new Call of Duty? So, you know, I, I was just writing new stuff, man. And what was the, what's the first thing that my uh, mind went to? Uh, your military wives. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> are you guys worried that your wives might end up on Pornhub while you're, while you're fighting for freedom? <laughs> That was a risky joke, man. I can't believe I got away with that, to be honest. They fucking loved it. But <laughs> fuck, I started off with that one. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? The event was sponsored by Geico, um, which is a bit ironic because when you're in Afghanistan, I don't think the Geico lizard is going to show up over there, right? <laughs> and protect you. Like, does Geico protect, like, army tanks and shit? Oh, did you, did you hit a trip wire? Did your tank treads blow up? Well, the guy cool lizard will get you covered. 
I told him that Geico sponsored the event because who, who's gonna who's gonna drive your car while you're gone? Your wife, your lady friend, right? So you're gonna have to get that shit insured, right? Good job to Geico for finding the opportunity of promoting themselves in the niches that a lot of other people miss. Because Flo ain't showing up to tell you, hey, we'll cover your car while you're gone, right? Uh, Denzel from uh, Allstate ain't, ain't saying you're in good hands. No, it's Geico. Geico totally saw the opportunity. Geico's like, hey, man, your car might get wrecked while you're gone. So in order to protect that from happening, we got you covered. Shout out to Geico, man. Um, as I was getting ready to do the show, get this, man. Here's a, here's a crazy story. Uh, well, it was not really crazy. I'm just hyping it up. But they told me that the show was uh, had to be clean. They wanted me to be clean, right? And uh, as I was clean, I think I was the, the second comedian. No, yeah, I was second. It was the host and one than me. And uh, the host was clean. The first comedian was clean. But then when it was my turn, I was clean. And I got rid of a lot of jokes on my set list. A lot of jokes on my set list. I was like, I'm going to stay clean. I'm not going to say anything dirty, right? If that's the rules, then I'm not, I'm not going to say anything dirty. So I, I erased a whole bunch of dirty jokes because they told me last minute it was clean. And uh, <laughs> as I was saying my clean jokes, I got away with a lot. And one of the rules was also that they can only have a two drink maximum uh, because apparently they have to wake up at 0800 hours and get on a flight over to uh, Afghanistan. And so they, uh, there's a two drink maximum. So another joke I said, it was, uh, you know, it was the first time I've ever done a comedy show with a two drink max, right? Instead of a min, get it. And, uh, you know, I told them with, with all the commotion that's happening in America, they're going to Afghanistan. It's going to be like a vacation. And, you know, when in a way it really is. As long as you don't see any life-threatening action. If you go to Afghanistan, you're seeing beautiful mountain ranges, right? You're seeing livestock walking around. You see a chicken walking around. You'll feel right at home if you're from Hialeah. I also told, it was also really, you know, it was really interesting to see while I was um, entertaining the troops that there was a lot of diversity. So there's always a misconception that those that are serving are mostly like white folks, right? For the most part, it's also... Um, it's mostly here in South Florida. It was mostly Lat Lat Latinos and black folk. Um, and it was amazing to see that kind of diversity out there that I was like, man, this is great. Like I, that, white, white people in, in the, in that group or that, that squad or whatever was the minority. The majority was black folks and Latinos. It was awesome. So I told them, I was like, Hey guys, you know, if you, the, if you want the Latinos to blend in, just have them grow their beards out. Right. You'll, you'll go from camouflage to espionage. You just go in there. You start talking to the, 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 the Afghanis people. And then all you got to do is speak Spanish fast enough. And then you'll probably sound like you're, you're speaking Farsi <laughs> with an accent. <laughs> you know, Latino people, they always talk with like with a lot of emotion. So they'll understand what they mean. Right. Like moving around a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean. I also said that, um, you know, Latinos and, uh, and black folks, man, they, they cook with a lot of um, seasoned food. So, you know, I went for the joke. I went for it. Seasoned, seasoned veteran. I went for it. Yeah, it was a, it was a clumsy joke. I mean, it's just one of those jokes. You, it's just, just say it and you throw it away. Seasoned veteran. You've been a seasoned veteran. 
You're about to be a seasoned veteran. You get it? Because you eat spices in your food, huh? You like it? It was supposed to be a dad joke. Hell, some people in the military, they're dads. That, by the way, that was, in case you guys don't, don't get it, that was the joke I was mostly criticized on. Oh, the seasoned joke was tacky. It's supposed to be tacky. There's dads out there. Dads got to hear jokes, too. You know, some people have comedy preferences. Some people want to hear Latino jokes. Some people want to hear deadpan humor. Some people want some goofy slapstick humor. Okay, some people want dad jokes. Some people just want it simple. (laughs) So I said it. I said the seasoned veterans joke, and they loved it. You know, and they fucking loved it. Um, anyways, it was very, um, it, it was a big honor, man, to perform for those folks, man. You know, what's up, Kirsten? What's up, Dro? Iving, Iving Lewis, welcome to the chat. We're here talking about, uh, my recent event over at, uh, the military base. Can't say where it's classified. Um, wasn't, no, I don't think it's class. I think that's just like a place where people get on a plane and leave. Uh, I didn't really see any bunkers, but I did see a lot of like, um, there weren't any tanks. Like there wasn't any kind of arsenal. There was no weapons. There was nothing. There was uh, just one big uh, landing strip. And uh, there's a lot of tractors, you know, like a lot of, um, excuse me, construction workers. Uh, Like, you know, what what do you call the cranes that dig and stuff on steamrollers and stuff like that? Like, I was like walking around like, where the fuck are the tanks, man? Can I shoot something? Is there target practice? Can I, can I do something here? Oh, I just got to save my jokes and leave. Hell, I couldn't even eat. They were out there eating something delicious. It looked like curry something. And they were telling me, oh, you can have as much beers as you want because the, the, uh, the troops, they can only have two beers maximum. And I'm like, man, I don't drink this year, man. Damn. So I just said my jokes and left, you know? Hey, Orchid. And thank God I wasn't flown out. Um, one of the things I told myself was, can you imagine the future if I get flown out to go do like a USO tour? I mean, you think it's courageous to go out and entertain people by, by being a stand-up comedian and saying jokes and hopefully you're bombing or something. But like, that, what I'm doing is really not courageous compared to what these guys do. This is a whole new level, right? I go up on stage and bomb these, these uh, soldiers they actually do the bombing, okay? <laughs> They're actually out there, uh, you know, working with explosives and seeing the enemy eye to eye. Like, I don't know. I just feel so irrelevant next to such, um, I don't know, admiration. I, I don't think I've ever been close to the military like this. I mean, my uncle's in the Navy, but other than that, you know, he never took me out to his group of friends and hung I never hung out with the Navy I mean to to walk around and go use the bathroom and you're just walking by people in 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 fatigues it's just it's just crazy and they're all tall you can't bomb in front of a soldier that's dangerous yeah <laughs> if I bombed in front of a soldier that would be a like a red alert right like a protocol it's like this guy's bombing this guy's threatening the lives of our soldiers take him out blue blue 82 blue 82 Ready when you are. <laughs> um, yeah, thank God I wasn't flown over, man. I, I, you know, as much as I'd love to get a gig like that and, you know, go, go to some other country and perform for people. Um, 
Let me rock. You says, saw your gig uh, for the soldiers, mate. Very good job. Keep it coming, mate. From Liverpool. Oh, that's cool. It's good to see people from out of, from out of town tuning in, man. Let me rock you. Um, thank you for that. Appreciate it. What's up, Lucy? So, uh, yeah, thank God I wasn't flown out, man, because I could just imagine the kind of coward I would be uh, to perform where the enemy's at. Uh, just imagine, probably, you know, a, a, a comedian getting kidnapped would probably one of the worst things you would see. <laughs> It'd be one of the worst and most ironic things you would see in the news. Comedian Manny Garavito was kidnapped at a USO tour. <laughs> and is held for ransom. They want a million dollars to let Manny go. Like, hey, you know, it's just a comedian, guys. We could probably let that slide. <laughs> Let's negotiate. <laughs> oh man, I, I do the live stream, but it's it's not by me. It's by the, it's by some radical uh, live stream. It's like <laughs> you probably won't even hear the intro music to the podcast. It'd probably be like chants and shit before I get beheaded. Beheaded. Oh man, and then all my haters finally tune in to see that. Yo, man, he's getting beheaded on the live stream. Let's give it a like. Fuck it, I'll go out with one of my uh, T-shirts on. Go out with one of my Miami comedy shirts. Buy, buy merch, guys. This is my last stand. No pun intended. All right, let, speaking of which, let's get to the sponsors. All right, this show is sponsored by LU Venus, who is a badass health insurance agent helping individuals, families, small business owners find the health plan they need, whether it be Medicare, Medicaid, group plans, ACA, Obamacare. If you've got health insurance questions, he's got health insurance answers. Reach out to him, Elie Venus. That's E-L-I-U dot V-I-N-A-S at ushadvisors.com. Thank you, L-U. All right. So what else is new, guys? All right. So let me go ahead and just say this, man. Um, I'll, I'll buy a teacher to wash your beheading. Yeah, you seem like one of those, Kev. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Yeah. Let's get back to the newsletter I sent out this morning. Uh, big announcement, guys. Brand new Saturday night show over at Focal Beer Brewery. Uh, this is a great place over in Little River. And uh, we have two shows in the books. So we have Saturdays, uh, the 23rd of January, and then the 6th of February. Both 8 o'clock shows. All right? If you guys want to have a beer and you guys want to go watch stand-up comedy, this is the go-to place now. It's a little hidden warehouse. It's beautiful inside. It's got great seating. We've got an awesome lineup coming up. Hosted by Sergio Mendez, which is a great up-and-comer here in Miami. Believe me when I say I gave this guy my blessing. Well, he was running the show, but I also helped him out. So it's a win-win for the both of us. But I gave this man my blessing to give him a Saturday night to entertain the crowds of Miami. And you know Saturday nights is probably one of the hottest nights to go out, especially before you do anything important. Like, getting, like going on a yacht and doing blow, all right? Let's say your yacht leaves at 10 o'clock at night, right? You get one of those late-night yacht rides. Guess what you can do at 8 o'clock? You can go ahead and get tipsy at the Focal Brewing Company, watch some comedy, and then you just get on the boat and do what you got to do anyway. You go back to your regularly scheduled program of being a Miamian. That's why we start the shows at 8, because we are the pregame. We want you guys to pregame. Please pregame. 
There's nothing better than pre-gaming with comedy because it puts you in the right state of mind. It gives you that humor, gives you that conversation, gives you that confidence. I don't know what it is about people, but for some reason, when they see live stand-up comedy, especially when it comes to amateurs, they always feel like they can do it. Ah, this is easy. I can do it. And then they go up and they're like, ah, yeah, I, I, ah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I've been there. I've been there where you where you could just go amateur night and, and you're just like, this is comedy. I can do better than that. And then you go up and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always easy to judge from the outside. Oh, man. Fresh says I'm ready. There you go, Fresh. That's the enthusiasm I like to see. All right, let's go ahead and wind it down, guys. If you guys want to talk about anything before we head out and call it another Miami Comedy Podcast here uh, on January 11th. How long did I miss? I missed a few episodes, man. Take a little vacay, and then all of a sudden you just... Uh, last time I went on was on, on Thursday. So what did I do on Friday? Why couldn't I get on on Friday? Hell, man, I don't know, man. I feel like I, 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 feel like I lose track of time. Whenever I'm not writing... I don't, if I don't document nothing, I forget what I did that day. The podcast helps me out in remembering stuff. Um, I go on live. I say what happened during the day or what happened that's important a few days ago. I promote the stuff. And then if I write it all down on my notes, it's like, huh, this is what I did that day. And this is what was done and all that. But if I don't write any notes, man, I just, I don't remember shit. You guys feel that way? Does anyone, is this just me? Is my short-term memory fucking up? Wow, I just realized that my short-term memory, unless I document something, I don't remember what happened. Like, there's times where I meet people face-to-face, -face, and they're like, hey, yo, Manny, what's up, man? I'm like, ah, fuck, who are you? <laughs> Dude, we just spoke two days ago. We did? Fuck. You know what it is, man? I live in my head too much. I live in my head too much, and, I, and, I, and I'm always focused on my, on my work, and the things I got to do that I, I, I'm just, I'm just filtering out. I'm just filtering stuff out, man. Now more than ever. Like I think in the future, I'm probably going to have the kind of memory where I'm just living in the moment. Hey, you know what? That's not so bad. It's not so bad if you don't remember shit. Right. Then on the day you pass away, your life won't flash before your eyes because you can't remember a goddamn thing. Oh, man, I'd be like, hey, whatever it was, it was a good one, I'm sure. I don't even got to remember, man. It's all good. Fresh says, is it me or if you live in Miami and own a BMW, you're not required to use turning signals? I think that's all cars. You can drive an ice cream truck and they won't use their turning signal. <laughs> oh, man, Walter says, you can't have regrets if you don't remember. Exactly. You just live, you live life. How convenient is it if you don't remember something? probably the, the biggest convenience there ever is that's probably the a moralistic way to lie is saying you don't remember you go to court do you recall i don't recall i don't remember i don't remember i really don't remember nobody knows the truth but yourself and in my case i'm being honest <laughs> i don't remember i don't remember um facto yeah, fresh. Well, if you want to talk about turning signals, man, I mean, uh, turning signals is just something that we've all, uh, it's something that we've all accepted as Miamians, you know? How many times can you use that, though? 
As often as you say that you don't remember. <laughs> when was the last time you said you don't remember? Uh, guess what I'm about to say? I don't remember. Hey, uh, Jake, Jake at three. Welcome. Tiger Sula, what's up? That's how Snoop Dogg got acquitted. He was too high to remember. <laughs> that, that goes about it to anything, man. Why don't you use your turning signal? I don't remember. I don't remember to do it. The turning signal in Miami is uh, like you, you could be, you're a sophisticated driver if you use the turning signal uh, in your car <laughs> in Miami. Like if you ever see somebody using a turning, a turning signal, you can already assume the best in that person. Like whenever I see somebody merge and they have their turning signal on, I say to myself, that's the kind of guy that puts his taxes together on time. Uh, that's the kind of guy that gives to charity. <laughs> I just assume the absolute best. When somebody uses their turning signal, I just think that they are uh, a man of luxury or a woman, a woman of luxury. Like if you, turn, if you put your turning signal on in Miami, you pretty much have your pinky up. <laughs> There's a joke. Oh, shit. We did it, guys. Oh, I, you know what? I, I got to get myself a little mining sound. Oh, shit. Oh, I love it when I was about to sign off, too. Shit. We just came across it, guys. That's it. That's a joke. Uh, it's coming to the point. That people that use the turning signal. In Miami have class. They switch it with their pinky finger up. Oh, shit. There you go. And they have life insurance, the best kind of life insurance, too. Uh, I just put that one on the chat. Let me see. Turn signal is such a special occasion. I do my pickup. Shut the fuck up, Walter. I said it before you even typed it in. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, and good credit, like a 750 beacon. Bro, you know what? My credit went past that just recently. Uh, we're going to have to go on the... Uh, we're going to have to go on the rewind here, curse and blessings, because I said it and then you typed it while I was typing it. So fuck that. OK, let, let me timestamp this <laughs> before before you get any ideas. Let me see. Six thirty one. Timestamped. OK. There you go. Watch the tape. Get out of here. What's up, Sasha? Uh, so yeah, if you're if you're if you're someone that has class in Miami, you use your turning signal. You got good insurance. You make good decisions in life. You invest in your four hundred one k. As a matter of fact, if you see somebody using their turning signal, uh, you know that if you get in an accident, they're gonna sue you, <laughs> and they know a good lawyer. As a matter of fact, speaking of timestamps, man, you know, it would be funny. Like people, people that uh, get in, into car accidents, uh, the, the turning signal should have a timestamp. <laughs> they should go into the computer of your car and actually look at the timestamp to see when you use the signal. This shit would be since factory settings. <laughs> oh, shit. That's another one. 
Oh man. <laughs> if using the turning signal in Miami was timestamp. <laughs> The last time it was used was in factory settings. Oh man, we're on a roll today, guys. Two jokes just when I was about to sign off. Uh, watch Walter come in like, imagine if they timestamp the turning signal. I said it first. <laughs> uh, turn signals mean speed up. No signals here. Uh, they also have a bidet in their bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Tiger Sula, that's great. They have a bidet in their bathroom. <laughs> Yo, that was awesome. What's up, my I'm little bitty. Uh we're here talking about um uh the the kinds of people that use their turning signals. You know what? I was gonna make this about uh let me go turning signals. Yeah, you know why people in Miami don't use their turning signals? Because number one, Miami time, okay? By the time we even consider somebody else's time, we're already merging on their lane. <laughs> and uh, it's just we're very aggressive people, man. <sighs> you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, but Miami's probably one of the most diverse areas in the entire uh, country, in my opinion. Like we have rich, we have poor, we have black, we have white, we have Jewish we have Latinos from, and you know, and you know, racism gets uh, divulged into more racism the deeper you go into one culture because, like, the Latinos, the Colombians against the Venezuelans, and the Cubans against the Dominican, and then like you got all these different, like, you think Latino is just one? There's various, and they're all racist against each other. <laughs> so it's racism upon racism, diversity upon diversity, and we're also split in Miami. We have our own areas. The Venezuelans hang out there, the Cubans over there, the Haitians over here, the rich over here, the poor over there. And then when we and then when we go out in the streets and drive, we don't give a fuck about anybody. We're just trying to get to where we got to go. That's all it is, man. That's the reason why we don't use turning signals. Cuz we don't care about anybody. I bet I bet that if people were to drive around with their flags on, if somebody were to see your if somebody was going to merge onto your lane, and they see that they have the flag of where you're from, that's probably one of the reasons anyone will ever use their turning signal. As a Colombian man, if I look over to my right and I'm about to merge and I see a guy with a Colombian flag, I'd be like, Pasero, mi gente. Beep, beep, beep. Right? There you go. That's my, that's my theory when it comes to it. I think, I think we all just dislike each other in the city of Miami because we're all so diverse. We're diverse and we're split. We don't share public transportation. Right. We're all in our air conditioned cars. <laughs> We're all in our little bubble neighborhoods. We don't care about anybody. And with that. Let's wind it down. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. It's going to be back podcasting once again. Uh, the Miami Comedy Podcast is every day ish. 6 p.m. Where we go uh, live. OK. And uh, bring together the Miami comedy community. Fresh says, what I have to do is more important than what you have to do, quote unquote. Exactly. Exactly. 
Uh, let's go ahead and end it on a good note, guys. Be a lot more considerate. Any Miami drivers out there listening to this, be a lot more considerate. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Don't forget, Saturday, the 23rd, Focal Brewing Company, 8 p.m. Also Sunday, brand new show over at Sweet Caroline, 8 p.m. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you guys tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Have a good night.